Yeah, everybody hurts. Sometimes I know that's what they say. But right now it seems this loneliness won't go away. Yeah. Can anybody feel this heartache? Is anyone around? Feels like we're running round in circles. We can't catch a breath. We can't enjoy the moment when we always want what's next. Yeah. Just when I can't take no more. It's when I hear you say, don't hang your head when you get lonely. No, I'll never leave your side. And don't go thinking you're the only one that can get it right. Yeah, you got my love, 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 love down in your soul. And yeah, you got my love, 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 and I won't let you go. I know there's nowhere I can run, there's nowhere I can hide From the one who gave his life so I could get back mine, yeah So when you can't take no more Look up and hear him say Don't hang your head when you get lonely But no, I'll never leave your side And don't go thinking you're the only One that can get it right And yeah, you got my love Love, love, love down in your soul. Yeah, you got my love, 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 and I won't let you go. Your mercy is new every morning. Your grace sustains all of my life. You are the one that I run to. In you, I am satisfied. Oh, your mercy is new every morning. Your grace sustains all of my life. You are the one that I run to. In you I am satisfied. Don't hang your head when you get lonely. But no, I'll never leave your side. And don't go thinking you're the only one that can get it right. Oh yeah, you got my love, love. Love, love, down in your soul Yeah, you got my love, love, love And I won't let you go That's good. <laughs> and I've just been told we're live, so I want to welcome you that are live streaming with us today. For you that have come and are in the sanctuary, thank you for joining us. We have something new for you this morning that we've never done before, at least quite in this way, and that is um, a worship leader that's new to our congregation who's going to be leading us in worship. Matt and Lisa are out, and her name's Carol Rojas, and actually Carol has sung with Matt and Lisa a couple of weeks ago, I think. You did, uh, you, you were on the worship team. But this morning, she's going to lead our worship with a couple of songs in just a second. So again, thank you for being here this morning. We welcome you, any of you that are live streaming with us. Uh, we continue to work on our live streaming platform and um, think and talk about the way that we can improve that and make that better. One of the things that's really important for us is to know that you're there and that you're participating. So you can do that in a number of ways participating during the question time where we pose a question and we solicit answers from you is a great way for us to know that you're listening. 
So text us your answers. Here is the number that you're going to use to dialogue with us this morning during that time. 720-878-3323. If you want either to submit a prayer request or to dialogue with us during our question time, please do go ahead and use that phone number. Okay? 720-878-3323. Also, uh, we're going to continue with our series entitled Rethink. This is part number three in that series. And then next week we plan to have the final message in there. You know, we've had such a great response from people. People have been telling us that this is just one of the best that they've heard and that I've done. And the reason I'm bringing that to your attention is it's really important that you share the link and let other people know that you're watching and invite them along. All you have to do is copy that link from your URL field in your web browser or in Facebook. If that's how you're watching, go ahead and send that link to somebody and invite them along. We'd love for you to do that. Now, there's one other thing, and that's your giving. For all of you that have been giving so faithfully, we have individuals who watch us via live stream we have never met. All right. We know you by name, but we've actually never met. And and you give in the offering and our tithing. Thank you so much. I want to tell you that uh, as we're in summer, of course, things tend to dip financially and numerically uh, in terms of attendance and otherwise. And don't let that happen. Don't don't bow out of your commitment uh, to the local church and to worshiping with other believers. We need each other and we need community. And, and please continue to follow the Holy Spirit in being faithful in your giving because it is your faithful giving that allows us to take care of our rent, to keep this broadcast up, and to bring you a good word. And who knows, we might push a little money your way and pay you someday. <laughs> Carol's still getting used to my, my, myself the things that I do and, um, uh, and, and the way that I am, but I think she's a great pair. We just love her and her husband, Lewis, who have come on board with us here in the last couple of months. They're making such a difference, and I think you're really going to enjoy our time of worship. So I'm going to get out of the way, and Carol's going to take over with a couple of worship courses. Again, thank you for being here and joining us, everybody. Amen. Thank you guys for joining. If you can stand, and let's uh, praise the Lord.
been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. earn it, I don't deserve it, till you give yourself away, oh the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God,
my goodness, I felt like worshiping Jesus. <laughs> All right. We have a question for you this morning we're going to pose, and then we'd like for you to respond both here in the sanctuary as well as those of you that are watching via live stream. All right. So here's our question for this morning, and again, what we're going to do is take your responses via the chat window in Facebook, or you can text them to 720-878-3323. Again, 720-878-3323, and here's our question as we prepare for the word of the Lord this morning. What is the most significant way that you can significantly influence your daily walk with God? Obviously, to make it better, to make it more exciting, to make it more fulfilling, uh, to deepen it, to whatever that looks like or means for you in terms of walking with God and what you desire, what is the most significant way that you can significantly influence each day your walk with God? All right, I have to relook at it. What is oh, it's here? Oh, it, it, oh, oh, it's, it's here. here. What is the most significant way we use significant twice? Well, that was dumb, wasn't it? <laughs> they say you're not supposed to do that, you know, like close together, but that's okay, honey. What is the most significant way you can significantly influence your daily walk with God? Ooh, good question. He's always, he's always got good questions. How long does it take you to think of these I just questions? don't know how to speak or write. Well, <laughs> we love you anyway. <laughs> you know, so. I especially love you anyway. While people are thinking, I just have to tell on you. All week long, this man has been cleaning out our garage, cleaning out our guest bedroom, and getting everything put away that's been there for many months, either giving it away, selling it over Marketplace, he has done so much physical work, and I just am so grateful. Our house is actually becoming a house again, and our garage is in the process of becoming a garage again. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, well, thank you. Thank you for saying so uh, and acknowledging that. It is a lot of hard work, and there's a lot of lifting, and I, I discovered some muscles in my body that, that aren't even out on the Internet. I mean, like if you look up the human skeleton and so forth, and they show you your muscle, I have muscles that aren't even there. And, and, and they're very sore. And so, and I'm just a week into this. I have another full week before we're done. But here's the deal. Our, our home became... A, a storage location for many of the goods and material things that uh, we had to store when we lost uh, our facility. Our large facility. Our, our much larger facility. And so then uh, that also meant over the past two years we haven't been parking our cars into the garage. And this last winter when it drifted, you know, we had, a, we had a strong winter anyway, all of you know that, especially those of you that live in Colorado know that we had a lot of snow and a strong w uh, winter. 
But when your cars are both parked in the driveway... Maybe many people's are. And, and many might be, but to my point, you know that that snow drifts depending on how it's blowing. So ours are, there's just enough room for the two cars. And so the way that it drifts, it drifts in between the cars so you can't shovel there and you can't get the snowblower in. And then it drifts on the other side, which is the driver. So it drifts both driver's so doors. So either you do the work now or you do the work then. See, that was a shorter way of saying. <laughs> and, and so. I we'll thank you very much. And we're going to actually <laughs> soon be getting our cars in our garage. And we actually have guests coming in September. And we're actually going to have a guest bedroom again. Yeah, that is going, so we're, miraculous. We're, we're going to keep them in our guest bedroom. Yes, as yes. opposed to I don't know where because I'm, it was packed full of I'm just stuff. I'm working on the price list right now. I'll be printing it out <laughs> and mailing it to them. To tell them how much they're going to have how to pay to stay in our, our guest nightly, bedroom. Our nightly rent. Yeah. Right. All right, back to our question. Thank you all for listening to us ramble along. So the question is, what is the most significant way, where am I reading it here, dear, uh, that you can significantly influence your daily walk with God? Anybody here? Anybody online? Oh, oh, Tanya, who's here this morning. Yay! Uh, she says, oh, oh, first she said you could come clean her house. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I could. Yeah, I bet you'd receive it from the Lord, of course. <laughs> happily, happily. Right. <laughs> okay, she says, the words we speak to ourselves and the thoughts we put out. Very interesting and good input. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, anybody else in here? I'm looking online and We'll on bring my... you the microphone. Yes. So that, Is yeah. that a yes? Go ahead. Yeah. Prayer. Oh, oh, well, here, say it right here. Prayer. Prayer. You can submit. Okay. First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. Okay. That's Jesus was often something? up before prayer. everybody else. You were going to say prayer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. So, so prayer is not like just in the morning or just at your prayer time, which is great and good, but we're to pray without ceasing. Uh, so. All right. Uh, okay. What else? Anyone want to give some more comments on this? Most significantly influence your daily walk with God. What is the most significant way that you can influence your walk with the Lord and deepen it, make it deeper, make it more exciting? What What's missing? If you, if you were to analyze... I. I hear this frequently. Uh, I just don't feel close to the Lord anymore. I used to be really close to the Lord. People will say that. I used to be really close to the Lord. I just don't feel close. Well, so what would make you feel closer to the Lord? Hmm. Anyone else? Oh, I'm hearing my phone. Let's see here. Everybody in here is a saint. That's it. Direct communication with the Father, hotline. Okay, so Jeff says, keeping your attitude in check to be in the best non-depressed attitude. I assume that means that then you would recognize that the Lord is present if you're, if you're not being negative. Is that kind of what that means? Yeah, 
if you've got a positive attitude, you're more aware of the presence of God, and you believe you have some control over your attitude in order to do that. That's what you're saying. I'm just kind of trying to get the most out of this. <laughs> okay. Well, and what Paul said, Jeff, I, I think, uh, and I know you know this verse and are mindful of it, that we should take our thoughts captive. That probably is a part of what you're suggesting that we need to be more diligent in doing is taking our thoughts captive. All right. Lewis says, spend time in his word and find a way to make a difference for others each day. Ooh. That last part is something. That's huge, I think. So the prayer and spending, you know, devotional time, let's call it that, the classical disciplines of reading the word, praying, those kind of things have been uh, suggested already. But that reaching, loving, giving outside of ourself actually not only deepens but can deliver. Yeah. We can be in the middle of something that we just, prayer hasn't ta tackled, Bible reading hasn't addressed, and we start giving and loving other people, and all of a sudden that burden is lifted, the heaviness is gone, the spirit of that thing has completely changed, the circumstances, you know, have changed. I think there's a real, yeah, that's a real word. There's a real deliverance that comes to us when we give. So, and um, serve. okay, let's see. Fran says, if she's struggling, I need to take time to talk to him and listen to what he might say. So that's prayer, but that's specific. That while you're, if you've got a struggle, don't just ignore him, but actually talk to him. And that that would make. Well, I'm hearing, a, I, I'm hearing two components in what Fran has said. I'm going to talk, but then I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to listen. See, that's something in prayer that we often don't do is we'll share our need with the Lord, we'll express our desire, but then we leave. We run right up to the end of our time of prayer, you know, with petitions and intercession and expressing our needs, and then we don't stop and get contemplative and consider what he's saying back, and I've actually reversed that. I think personally it's more important for me to spend more time listening and hearing than it is expressing my need or talking about the things that I'm mm -hmm. trusting him for. And, and I base that on this, number one experience, of course, uh, and my experience has proven that that's a much richer walk with the Lord and it's a much richer and more fun prayer time. But secondly, the scripture says he already knows what I have need of before I ask, he's already sent an answer while I'm yet speaking. He has commanded the answer, and I think we get in the way of those answers sometimes by not listening. I've been reading, um, the, my focus has been short lately, so, but I've been doing the tweets from Richard Rohr, who, who is all about contemplative, contemplative prayer, contemplative prayer. living, pra living, yeah, living. It's not just prayer, it's living, yeah. and I can't remember all the wonderful things he said. I would recommend him to you, Richard Rohr. He is a Catholic monk. And, uh, and, and contem contemplative living yeah. is kind of his thing, if you will. But I know he talks about how that all life is there. It's just there in, mm -hmm. in being contemplative. Yeah. So, of course, I'm not a very contemplative person, so I'm trying to figure this out still. You're better at being contemplative than me. But, okay, I have a couple more, several more uh, answers here. Kathy says, 
thank him for the small things as well as the big things. Wow. Like finding my keys in the car for my car. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Thank you, Lord, for finding the keys. Where were they? Um, and to love others. I think, that, you know, one of the things that's coming out here is that uh -huh. really it's a rounded out lifestyle. It's not just prayer, just reading the Bible, just helping others. All of those things are part of our experiencing God. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, uh, Nina, because I think you and I, we know that we were raised in a religious tradition of dualism. It's either this or that. Well, there's that thing you do for God when you're with God and that God blesses. And then you have this. You know, you have your career. You have your, you know, your secular life. And you try not to be too worldly or let that influence you because then. And so these answers are telling us, look, the Father never leaves. He's in everything we're doing and every breath we take, literally. And so it's more about awareness than this dualistic thought of that there's something I need to do or some way in which I need to perform to get him to come and bless me. Well, I've been wanting to say in all of this, what I, th I think is just relax about the whole thing. This, this, is no, this is not a pressured thing. Yeah. This is not a pressured thing to, to be with God. He's here. Take it easy. Yeah, take, be, just be relaxed and go, it's done. It is. Okay. Uh, Jean says, recognizing, this is, goes along with what I'm saying, recognizing his constant presence in my daily life. That's what I'm saying. Just relax. He's there. Uh, listening for God's voice and acknowledging it immediately. Wow. Thank you, Jean. Really good answers. Okay. Bob Dwell more on the positive things in your life instead of the negative. That mm. goes right along with what Jeff was saying. Mm -hmm. So that your, your mindset is therefore more open and vulnerable to the fact God is here. I mean, that's, I'm interpreting your thoughts but, and Jeff's thoughts when he said that. And that's yeah. a decision that we make, yeah, yeah. isn't it, Bob? Um, and that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today, as a matter of fact. It's the choice that we make. And so here's another one, another great point. Tanya says, another thing is to love unconditionally, starting with yourself. Again, being in that love, well, love is God. So when you're in that love place, you're right smack dab in the middle of God. You know, we think love is, oh, some people love this way and some people love that way, but then God is love, it's separate. I, I don't believe that. I think love Wherever you find it is God. Is God at work? Is God present? Is mm -hmm. God dealing? Even with mm -hmm. the people that you don't necessarily think. That you don't like. <laughs> are people that, I, I actually think that love even with people who don't know Christ the way I know Christ. Yes. Still is an expression of the love of God. It's even harder to like people in those kind of situations where either our circumstances are different, our background, the way we grew up is different, the things that we do and taste and touch and so forth are all different. And so we don't tend to like to be around people that aren't like us necessarily. But love supersedes all of that and it actually comes from in here. And it's constantly going on. It's not a dualistic living of, well, go to church and learn to be more loving. He is love. He lives in me, I live in him, and so I am love. And to what you said, let's just take it easy. I think there's a song about that. 
Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, yeah, that one. Take it <gasps> easy. That's not a godly song. No, it's a. <laughs> it's a. It's an awesome reprobate song from a <laughs> secular group. Okay, Lewis says, accept the biblical principles when you pray, instead of asking for a godly thing but act in a worldly way. Okay, let's read that again. Accept the biblical principles when you pray instead of asking for a godly thing, but acting in a worldly manner. I don't quite understand this. Can I bring you the mic? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to try to explain it a little more? Okay, he's behind the camera, so you all aren't going to see him. We tend to act, ask God for things that only he can provide, but we solve it ourselves in a worldly way. We listen to each other. We listen to our friends. We listen to the radio or a song or whatever we listen to. It's always in a worldly way that we try to solve what we're asking for instead of letting God just do the work. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lewis. Really excellent responses to our question today. As always. Yeah, as always. As always. Really yeah. good. It, this is, a, this is a, always a great time of uh, hearing from God through each person. I think... Is that it? Are we ready to go? Wait, wait. Yes. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait. One more. Let's see. Michael? No, no. No. Okay. Yeah. All later right. on that. All right. Thank All right. you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys, for participating. It means a lot to us that, that you do so, and we, we've heard great things from a number of people about really enjoying this time, and that uh, it's brought a lot of life to watching and to being part of the service. All right. As I mentioned, we're in part three of our current series, series called Rethink. Let's review for just a minute. In week one... We talked about true repentance. The nature of repentance is not asking for forgiveness out of an emotional encounter with guilt and shame and sorrow over your sin. Okay? It actually comes from the Greek word metaneo. It means to place God at the center of your mind, or in other words, we could say it this way, to center your thoughts on God. Say it, everybody, with me. To center your thoughts on God. That's the meaning of repentance. Negative words, negative thoughts, negative life. Negative words, negative thoughts, negative life. All true transformation in life begins when we determine that we will change the way we think. That's where it starts. No matter what change you're looking for, no matter what sort of transformation or new day or new thing you're trying to tackle, We've got to address the issue of our thoughts first. Week number two, last week we talked about tasting the light. Seeing God's provision is directly tied to what we constantly hear. What we listen to becomes the seed of our life's crop. So, we... We now know that God is not a reluctant giver. He isn't a reluctant father. He isn't reluctant in providing. He isn't reluctant in hearing our prayer. 
He isn't hiding. In fact, he lavishes his plans for you, upon you. And it's our thoughts, it's tasting the light, it's getting thoughts out of the way that hold him at a distant distant. It, it's, it's correcting or changing the way I speak, which will change the way I think, which will change my awareness of his presence. So my tongue creates most of the world that I am living in. Oh, I don't know if you heard me. I said my tongue creates most of the world that I am living in. It certainly defines the thoughts that I spend the most time with. Your words will define the thoughts that you spend your day with. How many of us have ever said in response to somebody asking, how's your day been? Oh, I had a lousy day. Now, in truth, there may have been circumstances that contributed to you having a lousy day. Understood. All of us, all of us do. Life is not perfect. Somebody said, life is not perfect, and then you die. It's, it's almost like, okay, well, so get over it. Life is going to be this way. But see, I control my words, and my words control my thoughts. So when somebody's asking me, how was your day?, I can be honest and sincere and transparent and say, I had some challenges. But my report isn't, wow, what a lousy day. Because that means then that everything that happened in my life that day, in my, I should say, in my mind and with my thoughts and feelings were lousy. And that, oh well, there wasn't anything I could do about that. Sure wish God would come and change that situation. There's that dualistic thought about God and religion. God is not going to come and just change your day. God does not give you good days and bad days. I don't know if you heard me. God does not give you good days and bad days. I give myself a good day by the words that I speak, which change my thinking. And that, of course, will change my feelings. All right, week three, today, here's what we're going to do. I've entitled it Partnering with God. And so I want to talk to you about farming and the fact that we are farming our way through life. I want to talk to you about the fact that God created the ground and he provided it to us to steward. He's not going to steward the ground for you. He provided you the ground. He provided you the seed. And now we have to steward that ground. So I'm going to talk to you about farmers. I'm going to talk to you about seed and I'm going to talk to you about how we partner with God. First, a few facts about farming that I found interesting, and I think you will too. Farming began around 10,000 BC during the first agricultural revolution when nomadic tribes began to farm. Additionally, this is when the eight so-called founder crops of agriculture appeared. Now, listen to this list. Number one, emer wheat or emer wheat. Number two, eckhorn wheat, 
three, hulled barley, four, peas, five, lentils, six, bitter vetch, seven, chickpeas, and number eight, flax. And you know, I got to thinking about that list. I don't think any of those were in any of the fast food that I had this week. Not, not, I don't think one of them. And those are like the foundation of agriculture, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Chickpeas, maybe they're ground up. I, I don't know. I'm walking by faith just in the things I eat. I can promise you that. Number two, fruit farming began sometime between 6,000 and 3,000 BCs. Figs were one of the first cultivated fruit crops. Americans spend 10% of their income on food, which is the lowest of any country. Plows were invented in the Middle East soon after agriculture began. The earliest plow, called an ard, was probably made from sharpened tree branches. The plow has been cited as one of the most important inventions in the advancement of society. A stick in the mud. Have you ever heard that? Literally, that's how the plow began. It was a stick in the mud that you drove and pushed to turn over the soil and get it ready for planting the seed. In AD 644, Arab scientists developed a windmill to pump water for irrigation. By the year 1000, Arabs introduced fertilizers to enrich farm soil. I didn't know that. Thank God for Arabs. You know, in a dualistic society, we have people that are bad and people that are good. We have people that are not like us, and then we have us who, of course, know, you know, what's right, what's wrong. We have those who are of that, that religion, and we have us who are Christians. Really? If it weren't for the Arabs, you and I might not be enjoying fertilizers and irrigation for our crops. They invented it. Get over yourself and get over your stinking religion. I mean, really. <laughs> Here's one. More than 6,000 different kinds of apples are grown around the world. Did you know that? I mean, did you know there were so many? I could have imagined. I mean, how many can you sit here and name right now? Seven, ten different kinds, you know. And I could imagine that around the world, you know, maybe there's a hundred different variations of the apple. There are 6,000 different kinds of apples grown around the world. The biggest producer is, take a guess, biggest producer of apples, China. No wonder everything's made in China. <laughs> apples are made in China. <laughs> Followed by the United States, Iran, Turkey, Russia, Italy, and India. The tallest, biggest trees or bushes Watch this now, because it's important to some of the things that we're going to say. The tallest, biggest trees or bushes do not always yield the most fruit. Controlling the height of plants helps produce more fruit in less space. Taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ will actually produce more fruit than all the big hallelujahs and prayer meetings and bouncing off the ceiling and you know revivals and all the religious notions 
of how we get close to God and bring him down into our circumstances. It ain't the biggest trees that produce the most fruit. Seeds had to be scattered by hand until, and I had an affection here. I sat up in my chair when I read this. Seeds had to be scattered by hand until Jethro Tull's seed drill developed in 1701 made it possible to plant seeds in rows which could be easily hoed. Jethro Tull? I had records by Jethro Tull. Led Zeppelin, Jethro Tull, white cream. Oh, and you know what? Then I became a Christian. And I took all my rock records and I went out to the trash can and I lit a fire in the trash can and I broke all of them individually, took them out of their sleeve and broke them over the edge of the trash can and threw them into the fire. Why? Because now I was serving Jesus. Now I'm going to be holy. Now I'm going to be right with God. I'm going to change from that secular, stinking demon music. I have spent more money and more time over the last number of years rebuilding my collection of tall and zeppelin and cream and white snake and I mean it is exhausting <laughs> I've been delivered all right watch this US dairy farmers receive less than a dollar 32 per gallon of milk that they produce the average retail price of milk is 276 and probably gone up since this. The average cow produces seven gallons of milk a day, 2,100 pounds of milk a month, and 46,000 glasses, glasses of milk a year. There are 350 squirts in a gallon of milk. <laughs> or... <laughs> how they do it. I don't know why I was pointing it. I, I think I'm pointing it towards the bucket or something. I don't know where the bucket is. But 350. Can you, can you say sore? Can you say want to go run around the field and take a day off? 350 for one gallon? <laughs> oh, I'm having fun with this. I wish you, I th I wish you were having as much fun as I am sharing this. In 1830, it took about 250 to 300 labor hours to produce 100 bushels or five acres of wheat. In 1975, it took just three and three-quarter hour. Three and three-quarter hours. Pigs, a common farm animal, are thought to be the fourth most intelligent animal after chimps, dolphins, and elephants. So grab you a pig. They make great pets. Bees contribute to more than 15 billion worth of crops every year through pollination. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with this one, maybe bring you more next week. <laughs> there, there were a bunch of them. Bananas are the number one fruit crop in the world. 
They are the fourth largest overall crop after wheat, rice, and corn. India grows more bananas than any other country. The Philippines, China, and Ecuador are the next three top producers. Now, I was reading and caught this by, a, again, a Japanese uh, farmer and philosopher who's written a number of books, and I cannot pronounce his name. Uh, I, I, I looked it up even. I tried. I, I listened to the pronunciation. Masanobu is his first name. Uh, if, if I tried the second one, it would sound like I were cursing. <laughs> so I just... So, but here's what he said. Watch this now. You know, we're having some fun, but listen to this. Listen to this. The ultimate goal of farming is not the growing of crops, but the cultivation and perfection of human beings. What are you farming? Is it more important for you that all the food be just right, that the cabinets be full? that the dinner be cooked just so, then it is even what you're caring for in your heart, through your words, which are seeds that we sow. Our text, once again, is found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. We're going to read verse 14, verse 20, and then verse 24 and 25. Here we go. The farmer sows the word. We've not used that verse in the previous two lessons yet. The farmer sows the word. Verse 20, but those last seeds, those sown into good soil, those are people who hear the word, they accept it, they meditate on it, they act on it, and they bear fruit a crop 30, 60, 100 times larger than the farmer dropped into the earth. Verse 24 and 25. Then Jesus said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured and added back to you. For to the one who has, it will be given. And from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That's unfair, isn't it? Until you understand he's talking about ears to hear. To the one who gives themselves to contemplative living, to the one who has ears to hear, and it's important for you to cultivate your awareness life, your thought life, and meditate on God's word, which are seeds, even more will be given. But to that person who does not have ears to hear, you're too busy, you're too involved, career's too powerful, time just not available. You don't have time for the word, you don't have time to spend in awareness or contemplative living, you're just constantly on go. For that person, even what you have in terms of ears to hear, it's going to wane, it's going to go. It's going to be a challenge for you to even want to go to church or be around other believers of like faith that are worshiping. Remember, our text, in our text, part of our text last week was Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. 
For this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, being careful to observe all that is written in it, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Jesus talked about meditating and said that meditation is a characteristic of, quote, the good soil that brings forth 30, 60, 100-fold, but it's always increasing. Would you like to increase? Would you like to have a deeper walk with God? Would you like to be more successful in some area of your life? God is not reluctant. He's not holding it back. It is in your mouth by the words that you use and you sow into the soil of your heart. The best way to sow to the soil of your heart is through your own speaking, your own meditation. Now, we have a view of meditation here in the West, very commonly, of hands folded, legs crossed, or hands out to the side in some sort of, and, and, right, and uh, he, uh, arm, uh, legs crossed, sitting in the, quote, lotus position, right, and going, hmm, hmm. That's the, I mean, that just, that picture, we've seen it so much, and that's so associated with meditation that that's the first thing that comes to most people's minds. And it actually has nothing to do with biblical meditation. The word meditate in the Hebrew means to chew the cud. When you meditate, it means that you take the word of God. It's not about volume, reading for volume, or getting through your Bible reading plan in a week, a month, a year. It's, it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to uh, make you more aware, to open your eyes, spending time with the Holy Spirit on maybe even a verse and saying, Holy Spirit, illuminate this to me. Show me what you're saying to me today through this verse. And then, and then you just begin to chew and chew. Then you swallow it. And like a camel or a cow, both of which have multiple stomachs, they regurgitate their cud and they keep chewing on it. The same wad of food they swallowed, they regurgitate it and chew it more on. That's a beautiful picture of contemplative living where you don't let things just go by you. It's not a dualistic giving of yourself to religion over here and then career over here. Being a good person and going to church here, but you have of necessity, of necessity to be involved in this worldly thing over here. It is all one. There is no dualism. We are here on this earth living in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in him. He is in us. And to meditate means to take his ideas, his thoughts, put them at the center of our mind, which is true repentance, and then speak them to ourselves. The word Meditation also comes from the Hebrew word to mutter, to mutter. You know what the word mutter means, don't you, right? Remember the last time you had a flat tire? What did you do? You muttered while you went over and kicked it, and then you walked back. I could just, I could scream, I'm so mad. Remember the last time you hit your foot or hit your hand with something hard, and it just, you you probably cursed. And then what did you do for the next little bit? 
you muttered, speaking into yourself in low, indistinct sounds as from afar off. It's a literal Hebrew meaning. See, we've got to take God's thoughts, which are found in his word, and speak them constantly, renewing our minds, changing the way we think, and ultimately leading us closer I hate using that word even, closer into the kind of walk with God that he has for us. It's not that he's gone somewhere, it's that we've checked out. God never leaves you. He could not be closer to you than he is right now where you are in the midst of whatever you're struggling with. God is there. But we check out, this gets in the way. Desires, feelings, and thoughts get in the way of a sense and an awareness of closeness and the presence and the goodness of the Lord. Then we don't want to serve. We don't want to love people. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to read our Bible. We don't want to pray. And actually doing more of those things often makes it worse. Partnering with God. How do I partner with God? Well, Jesus said it this way. The sower sows the word. Now look with me. It'll be on the screen here. If you have your Bibles and want to turn, 2 Peter chapter 1, I want to show you the kind of soil and seed that the Lord has provided already. 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through this rich experience of knowing him who has called us by his name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. Verse 4. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises we can experience partnership with the divine nature. Did you know the prayer, Lord, if you are willing, is not a farmer's prayer? You will never find a farmer praying, Lord, if you are willing. You know why? Because a farmer knows that when he goes and he gets that seed, let's say it's apple seed or let's say corn seed, and he gets out the tractor and he digs up the earth and he creates the rows and now he's ready to plant the seed, he knows this, that when he plants that seed, from that seed is going to come corn. It's corn seed, from that seed is going to come corn. He never has to pray, Lord, if it's your will, I pray that corn will come up. Corn is in the life of the seed that you plant. Now, he may say, Father, I worship and thank you for the rain. I worship and thank you for good soil this year, all right, which we've already read that the Lord has given us 
everything that pertains to life and to godliness. It is our soil. It is our heart. It is our relationship with him. Now, what do we do? We take his word, we put it in our mouth, and we speak it over and over and over and over, throwing, casting, scattering seed out onto the ground of our heart, changing the way we think and feel so in the immediate all right, we, quote, feel better, we're having a better day right now. But as the days go by and the weeks and the months, because the life is in the seed, the seed is going to produce. I don't have to pray, Lord, if it be your will. I start thanking God for the life in the seed, not praying for something that I'm not sure about. Did you hear me? Stop praying doubt-filled prayers about things you're not sure of. Start planting seed and you know exactly if you plant corn seed, you're going to get corn. If you plant apple seed, you're going to get an apple. If you plant love, you're going to get kindness back. If you plant a smile, you're going to get a smile back. If you plant time, you're going to get time back from people that will help you with things, right? If you sow financially, you are going to reap. Jesus said, financial back. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven. You go ahead and test me. Go ahead and try me. If I will not pour out for you a blessing until there's not room to contain it. And so bring all your harvest, your seed, not all of the harvest, but bring your tithe, that's a portion of the harvest, it's 10%, bring it into the storehouse. Now that's not a law, there's no condemnation, it's a principle in the earth that when you sow, you are going to reap. Do you know what Satan is? We Sometimes... We tend to speak of evil as being so powerful. Well, the devil's been after me. You know, Satan, he's, he's just trying to destroy me. Where do you get that from? Well, I read in the Bible how that Satan rose up and he came against this group and he came against that group or he stopped this prayer or whatever. Now, there are some passages like that but most of those kind of things are Old Testament, not New Testament. You know what? Paul really didn't give much time to the devil. He really didn't talk about him all that much. You know why? Because he was busy planting and sowing seeds of life with his words. You know what the devil is? He's a seed merchant. The only power Satan has is to present you with an alternative seed choice and try to get you to sow it with the words of your mouth. If he's successful, he's got you. He doesn't actually have any real power. And so, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Look at this. And those who love it will eat its what? Fruit. What are we talking about here? We're talking about partnering with God for your provision. How do you do that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Speak differently. Talk differently. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. I want to say something to you all. Could I just get everybody's attention? You that are watching via live stream... Put down what you're doing, sit up on the edge of your seat, and I want you to listen to something here. 
You are not a victim. You are not a victim. Now, I understand that there are circumstances by which, through which, we have been victimized. We didn't control them. They were outside of our control. They happened to us. And I, and I get that, so from that standpoint. But I, I'm talking about this whole way of living and thinking and breathing and being to where my life just becomes basically a placard or a billboard. I'm a victim. Life is happening to me. I have no control, and I'm bitter as hell because of what you have done to me and what you've taken from me. You are farming your way through life. The crop that I am eating is the words or seed that I have sown. Paul didn't blame his way through life, cursing the darkness. He realized that your seed choice is your choice. God actually provides the power to us of faith and words. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It's not your own strength, for it is God who is at all, who all the while is at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and even the desire. God will even change your desire and give you more desire if you'll rest in him. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. We know that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but only by the faith of Jesus. It's not your faith. It's the faith of Jesus. The Messiah, his faithfulness has saved us. I am no longer just a sinner saved by grace. Quit saying that. Stop it. Today, this afternoon, make a commitment. I am not going to utter those words again that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I am not what this world, I am not what my parents, my culture, my color, my living situation, my jobs, my circumstances say that I am. I am what God and who God says I am. And he's given me his precious word as a seed choice that I can make to plant in the soil of my heart. We're going to close with a quote from just one of the greatest authors and speakers of our time. Someone that I've come to admire and have been reading after. And I think that he's a clarion voice in a time where this dualistic living that has us compromised and being victims of something outside of ourselves and that we can't control, his voice just cuts through all of this junk and says it like it should be. This is Brian McLaren, and I quote, spiritually, Growing numbers of Christians are moving away from defining themselves by lists of beliefs and toward a way of life defined by love. The translation of pistis, the Greek word for faith, as faithfulness rather than belief is huge in this regard. We need to see ourselves less in terms of assenting to certain beliefs, it's which in and of itself is its own form of righteousness or works of righteousness, and more in terms of being led by the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus in faithful practices of love. Could we stand?
Over the last couple of Sundays during this series, we've been praying the Lord's Prayer. We've prayed it, however, from a different source than we're used to. This comes from Australia, from a group that has contemplatively, with a very open heart to awareness of presence, sort of repin the words. I, I love it so much. We're going to put it up now, and could we just all, and you at home uh, watching the live stream, all of you here, could we read this together as our closing prayer? Jeff? Eternal spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven. The hallowing of your name echoes through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the world. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Well, Father, I just thank you for our time in your word. I do pray over all that are listening as well as those here today. And for those who will be listening in the weeks and months to come, to the recorded and broadcast uh, message. Holy Spirit, here we are, fertile ground. We so desire a new and fresh relationship with you that cuts away all of the dross in our thought life and that you would help us and teach us and reveal to us how that we are farming our way through life. I pray for each one that true transformation would be yours as you consider changing the words that you sow. May you come into all that God has for you, each of you, everything that you are believing and trusting Jesus Christ for. It is yours. He's already given to you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. Thank you for those precious promises, Lord. But now, Father, we trust you for the manifestation. And, and to whatever degree that our words have been in the way, have stopped or held up or caused that awareness of that good blessing to come to pass, then, Lord, we want to change the way we talk. We want to change the way that we speak. And the words that we sow, help us, help us, Holy Spirit. We give all of this to you. And Lord, as we go now into our week, would you just release us in a new and fresh way into the life and the circumstances of others who are not like us, who we've not yet met, maybe some people at work, neighbors down the street, who we can come alongside and encourage the activity of the Holy Spirit in their life by loving them and by serving them. This is our prayer 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us throughout this time. And oh, I, I just, I had forgotten. Nina's going to share a couple of announcements with you. Um, so just real, yeah, go ahead and have a seat for just a couple minutes here. Just to remind you about our backpack um, and collection that ends this week. If you're bringing school supplies, we need to have them here by Thursday this week uh, because on Friday we'll be taking them over to the city of Thornton for them to then assemble and uh, give out. And then um, if you have an offering, we want to remind you that we have a basket here in the back for anyone that's here. Uh, or you can give online. You can give by calling uh, the text to give number. Do we have that? We do. 720-730-8510 if you'd like to give in that way. And I know you just prayed, but this week I, I really feel like we need to lift these folks up. Great. Okay, so I hope you all don't mind taking a few more minutes in prayer. Um, uh, but we've prayed for Christina and my sister Rosalie before they both just recently had surgery and they're both having a pretty tough time mm. in recovery. So if we could continue to pray for them, uh, Corey, the Paget son, he had that motorcycle accident. They've discovered his ACL and meniscus are, uh, needing repair for Mary. Her sister and fiance came into town for some family events and have now got COVID. So they're in a hotel room. Um, for Jean, Jean is, for those of you all that might have seen the prayer request for our Jean, um, she's actually better than she was on Tuesday, but we want to continue to pray for her regarding this uh, attack of diverticulitis. For Taylin, she's a bingo gal that we love, and she's almost 40, and she's got some heart issues, probably heart valve surgeries in the future. Uh, so let's pray for her. We have a request from someone for healing relationships in their family, and the Lord knows the name of these people. And I want to pray for our Barb and our Jeff for back issues and sciatica issues and what's ever going on. Maybe somebody would like to actually come up here and lay hands on Jeff and somebody go over to Barb and just put your hands on her. The Bible says that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And all you have to do is just put your hand on them. You don't have to say anything or do anything. So, yeah, come on up, Chris, if you don't mind. I appreciate, I, 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 you know, just appreciate your prayers. Anybody that wants to, you feel free to do that as well. So, Father, together we're coming to you um, in regards to all of these prayer requests. So many of them are for healing and recovery. And, uh, and we thank you. You are the great physician. And you are who we put our trust in for total healing. And we thank you for the doctors. And we thank you for their wisdom. And we thank you for, for those of us who are, all these folks who are needing to go to the doctors, that the doctors are doing the right things and giving the right advice. And, uh, and it's yielding uh, healing in these bodies. And we speak hope for what has been frustrating and ongoing. We speak that a new and a fresh hope would arise in each person, Lord, and a new rest in their souls, a, a, a rest from the pain they've been suffering from, Father, and that there would be healing and, and hope released into each one of these people. For the person with the relationship issues, Lord, you know every heart, you know what's caused the problems, and you know, Lord, how to get in there and bring for forgiveness and healing 
and love. And we thank you on behalf of this family, Lord, uh, that a, a, just a healing of relationships could really occur, even though it may seem like it's never going to happen. And yet, you're the God of the impossible. There is the woman with the issue of blood. For how many years? I don't remember. Was it 12 years? It, it, there's people who have suffered from things and relationship issues for many years. And yet, Lord, you can just with one touch, Lord, we believe you can bring answers. And we thank you for those answers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for your agreement and prayer. And I, I extend all those prayers to our Jim over in Children's Church as well who has knee issues. So everything we just prayed, we thank you, Lord, that you're taking care of his knees and giving him resolution for that as well. In the name of Jesus and this Bob as well. Is that what we're... All right, amen. We agree for that. All right, I think then. Thank you all for letting me come and, and do these last few minutes of prayer and announcements. And we love each of you. Look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Bye.